Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. Our reading this evening is from Acts chapter 10. If you have a church Bible, you'll find it on page 1103. Acts chapter 10, we're going to read the whole chapter. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian Regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day, at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord, he asked. The angel answered, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon, who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that had happened and sent them to Joppa. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat, and while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out, asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you, so get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Peter went down and said to the men, I'm the one you're looking for, why have you come? The men replied, we have come from Cornelius the centurion. He is a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to ask you to come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. Then Peter invited the men into the house to be his guests. The next day, Peter started out with them and some of the believers from Joppa went along. The following day, he arrived in Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. But Peter made him get up. Stand up, he said. I am only a man myself. 
While talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, You are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. May I ask why you sent for me? Cornelius answered, Three days ago, I was in my house praying at this hour at three in the afternoon. Suddenly, a man in shining clothes stood before me and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayer and remembered your gifts to the poor. Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He is a guest in the home of Simon the Tanner, who lives by the sea. So I sent for you immediately, and it was good of you to come. Now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him, after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. Thank you, Jen, very much. And uh, let me introduce myself as well. My name's Matt. I'm the, uh, one of the members of the staff here, one of the other ministers, and it's a pleasure to be preaching on, uh, on that wonderful passage there. Do keep your Bibles open, and let's pray uh, for God's help by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
our Father in heaven, we are amazed as we read that story. We see your hand at work and we see the Holy Spirit active and we ask that he would be active amongst us this evening that we might hear and believe what is said. Might we see Jesus more clearly? Might we understand the message? Might we be people who can live for you by faith? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We've all got neighbours, flatmates, people who live in the same building as us. So imagine this situation for me. On one side of you, you have some lovely neighbours. They're about the same age as you, quite similar people to you. You chat easily. It's a pleasure to have them living next door. They're the people who've got your spare key. The other side is trickier, though. They're quite different. They're from a different culture. You never really made that connection with them. They're always sort of coming and going, always having people around. You just don't know what to make of them. Imagine that sort of situation and then answer these three questions. Who are you more likely to have round to your house for dinner? Who could you imagine being able to tell the gospel to? And who would you be more excited to see at church? Let's be honest, it's probably the first set of neighbours, the ones more like us. You see, it's hard to treat people with perfect equality. It's hard not to show any prejudice in any way. We know we shouldn't, but we do. It might be our neighbours. Or it might be in class, at school, the people who are different. Or at work, the meeting with the guy from another country who does the same job as you, but it's just hard to interact with them. Or when workmen come round to the house, it's awkward. It's hard to treat people equally. Well, in this passage, we see how Christianity makes a difference. How Christianity can bring people together rather than divide. How God is at work to break down barriers. Now the big divide at this time was between Jews and Gentiles. Jews were God's special people descended from Abraham. Gentiles were everyone else. They were considered unclean. You should be keeping away from them. But in Acts chapter 10, a Gentile becomes a Christian, a Roman soldier, and his whole family. It's another exciting conversion in Acts. But might I suggest that this is actually about Peter's conversion? Not Peter coming to Christ for the first time, but a huge conversion in his thinking. Peter coming to understand that the gospel is for everyone. Not just people like him. This is such a huge moment, huge moment in the Bible story. Uh, that's why last week, do you remember, we had the, that whole passage establishing the authority of Peter. Peter's connection with Jesus. Because it's going to be Peter that is involved in breaking down this final barrier between Jews and Gentiles. 
For us, I, I don't imagine many of us worry about the Jew-Gentile divide anymore. We've well got it by now that non-Jewish people can be saved. But we put up different barriers, don't we? Just by our human nature against people who are different. And so today, like Peter, we need to learn again that God is tearing down all those divisions. The gospel is for everyone. The story has three stages where Peter understands a bit more, and that's what we'll look at now. So the story starts with Cornelius. He's a Roman, but he seems to be a good guy, and God gives him a vision. He's told to get Peter from Joppa. So that's what he does. He sends two servants and a soldier to go and get him. We cut to Joppa. Verse 9, Peter's there, he's on the roof of his friend's house, he's waiting for lunch, and God gives him a vision too. And this is a bit more complicated. He doesn't get any explanation. All these animals, they come down to him in a big sheet, and he's told to kill them and eat some. And he won't do this because some of these animals are unclean. That's one of the Jewish food laws. You can only eat certain things. No pork, for example. That's unclean. But the voice says, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. It happens three times, and then Peter is just left to think about it. Then the men from Cornelius arrive. And verse 20, the Spirit gives Peter a direct message These people have been sent from me. Don't worry. It will be okay. Welcome them. So he meets them and he has them in. And I imagine he spends the night thinking, what on earth is going on? The next day they journey back the other way. They go to Caesarea. And there everyone is waiting. Cornelius is buzzing. He's got his whole family and friends there. And he's probably been up all night too thinking, I wonder what's going to happen. Verse 25, Peter walks in and Cornelius bows down to worship him. And Peter says, no, I'm only a man. You can't worship me. And then we see Peter's first stage of understanding. Point one, God made us equally, so befriend equally. Look at verse 28. He said to them, you are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. This is his first step. He realizes that his vision was not about animals. It was about people. God declares all people clean. There are no superior people, no worse people. He shouldn't be worshipped. They shouldn't be shunned. God made us equally. So Peter's now happy to be friends with them. He'll go into their house. And a question for us is, are we happy to be friends with people who are different from us? You know, one in four Britons have no friends from a different social class. One in three Britons have no friends from a different ethnic group. 
We can't deny that it is harder sometimes to be friends with people who are different, but it's a good thing. It's to be worked at because God made us equally. Back to the story. Peter, he goes in. Why am I here? He asks. And Cornelius recounts his side of the story, the vision that God gave him. And Peter listens in amazement and he realizes, oh, God gave you a vision too. This is big. And he reaches his second point of understanding. God seeks us equally, so tell equally. Verse 34, then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. Peter sees that God is bringing this all about so that this Roman can hear the gospel from him. God is seeking Cornelius. And that shows that God has no favorites. Jews are not the only ones that God wants to save. He's seeking the Gentiles too. And and he's arranging this whole elaborate situation so that Peter can come and tell a Gentile the good news of Jesus. I used to host the Christianity Explored group at my old church. And I'd host it in my flat. And uh, on the first evening... I'd be there waiting, thinking, who's going to come? And it would normally go something like this. A a young male student brings a young male student. And then a a white middle-aged mum brings a white middle-aged mum. And then someone like Wayne would turn up. Now, Wayne was a young doctor. He was uh, Indian background. He was a little bit wacky, but he loved everyone, and he was just great at inviting people. And Wayne would walk in with the little old lady from his street. And I'd be like, oh, hello, come on in. Because why not? We can share the gospel with people who are different to us. There's more, though, as we carry on in this story. Peter does what he's called for. He tells them the gospel, the wonderful message of Jesus who rose from the dead, who's the Lord of all, the judge in whom salvation can be found. And as he's preaching, they're listening and they're taking it in and suddenly the Holy Spirit comes on them. Verse 44, just like he had for the apostles and for the Jewish believers, now for the Gentiles too. They received the Spirit, they spoke in tongues, they praised God. And Peter says, let's baptize them. And this is Peter's final step in understanding God saves us equally, so welcome equally. Verse 47, surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. Peter's fully there now. He's got it. He's seen it. They've received the Holy Spirit. Their salvation is complete. This is their Pentecost moment. Christianity is now open to the Gentiles. 
So he welcomes them formally into the church. He gets them baptized. He gets the big pool out. They probably had warm water. He says, who can stand in their way? Later on, he has to retell the story back in Jerusalem. He says it slightly differently, that line. 11.17, he says, who can stand in God's way? Who can stand in the way of God? It's like standing in the way of a charging elephant. It won't stop and you'll come off worse. God saves equally. So welcome equally. What a moment. What a development in the Bible's story. What a day for Cornelius. But look, there's a problem here. Why didn't Peter know this already? This was said in the Old Testament, God is going to save the Gentiles. And Jesus had been pretty open about this himself. He should have known. And also afterwards, why did the church keep forgetting this? Later, Peter went right back on this and and he stopped eating with the Gentiles. He had to be rebuked by Paul. And Paul kept having to talk about this in all the letters he wrote to the churches. Why did this slip? And also, why has it been such an issue throughout the history of Christians? We're always dividing, always excluding people. You know, some Christians supported slavery. I read the other day about Christian prayers at the beginning of a slave auction. And there were segregated churches in South Africa. And to be honest, a lot of churches here in the UK are not that mixed. White and black churches just sort of happen naturally. Middle class and working class churches, they just end up that way. Why is it? It seems that people just naturally divide. It's hard. But here's the point. Though humans divide, Jesus Christ died. Though humans divide, Jesus Christ died. By nature, we're pulling apart. But by grace, Jesus is bringing us back together. When he died, he died for everyone, Jew and Gentile, black and white, rich and poor. He unites us back with God and he unites us back with one another. We're pushing apart, but he's pulling us together. Though humans divide, Jesus Christ died. And even more then, he gives us the Holy Spirit The Holy Spirit is the agent throughout this story, making it happen, teaching Peter. And the Spirit will teach us too, stirring up an openness to be friends, a willingness to tell the gospel, an eagerness to welcome others at church, helping us understand The gospel implications for our relationships with each other. 
you know, I see it here already. I love what I see in our church family. But I'd love to see it more. So let's pray for this ever-increasing work of the Spirit that teaches us to go against our natural desires to divide. Let's pray for that work of the Spirit. So as we close today, I wonder, what is Jesus saying to us? For those of you baptized or remembering your baptism, You've done the very same thing as Cornelius and his family. It's special. By this, you are united to him and to the early church, the whole church, to all of us. We all receive the same gift of baptism as the sign of the same gift of salvation. We who are baptized are one. So we all need this radical, gospel-centered view of other people inside and outside of the church. Maybe for some it's that first part we need to hear. Working at being equal in friendships. Both neighbors. People who are different from us at school. Maybe the Spirit's putting someone on your heart right now. Who could you be a better friend to? Or maybe we can think of someone we can share the gospel with who's not like us. Be like Wayne. Christmas is coming up. There's loads of gospel opportunities. Who will we invite along? Who will we talk to? Or maybe we feel the call to focus on making our church a really welcoming place to people who are different. That there might be no barriers here. What's it like for someone who maybe feels different coming into our church? Maybe that's you today. Tell someone, come and tell me. I felt like the odd one out here. Everyone seemed so proper. I didn't understand the sermon. It's fine. Tell me. We've got to make this a place where diversity thrives. Finally, maybe this is all new to you. You came as a guest today for the baptisms or someone else or something else dragged you along. This intrigues you. We'd love to help you find out more. Please keep coming. Ask your questions. But for now, you know, the basics of the gospel are right there in verses 34 to 43. God does not show favoritism, but will accept anyone to him. He's made it possible through Jesus, who was real. He did miracles. People saw them. He was killed. But three days later, he rose from the dead. And again, people saw him. He's now the judge of all. But he says that there is forgiveness of sins for all who believe in him. Please find out more. Please talk to someone. Please ask your question. Because you know this is for you too, whoever you are. Let's pray.
Our Father in heaven, thank you so much for sending Jesus, your son, into the world to save us. All of us, any of us, thank you that you're open to us all, you love us all, that the gospel is for us all. Please help us all to understand and to believe for ourselves and then to change our minds and our hearts and the way we relate to one another. Pray that as a church we'd be a wonderful community of welcome and love. Please, by your Holy Spirit, do that work amongst us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.